What's up, everyone? We are back for, I think this is, what, the sixth episode of the Anime yeah, Couch? Yeah, number six. This week? I have no idea. This week, we will have a five-hour episode at the request of Justin, of no. course. It's going to be a blast. We're going to talk about the greatest fathers in anime, which includes Jing, Goku, Nina's father from Full Metal Alchemist, some of the best out there, you know. We have all the heavy hitters, but you know, I'm just joking. I don't, don't want to get uh, Justin's blood pressure rising. So we have our boy Troy over here. Say what's up. You, you didn't say what's up. Man, don't tell me what to do, man. <laughs> and we also, have, <laughs> we also have our boy Justin. Jabuti Jones. So this is just, um, we finally got the first episode out. It's on YouTube. And I don't know, Justin, are you still putting these on uh, SoundCloud or no? No. All right. I don't, I don't have like time it's... for it. All right. That's fine. So it'll probably just be on YouTube. So once Find us on YouTube. There's no point in me saying this because this video will be out after those videos are out. So it's kind of redundant. But that's besides the point. Hey, it's for people who just randomly go on to episode six. like. Oh, yeah, out. that's true. That's true. You know, vote of confidence. Anyways, we're talking about streaming. That might have to be wait a little while just because my internet connection, I've realized I've tested out a ton of stuff and it cannot handle it. So there is like one other streaming package, uh, internet package that I can get that would probably help considering how large my household is and how many people, you know, fight for Wi-Fi and stuff like that. So that'll probably be held off. So who knows when that'll start, but that's just to keep you guys updated. But let's get started. So we're going to be talking about seasonal anime. But first, we're going to get into the greatest fathers in anime. Magi is the greatest father in anime. Do, do you actually have anything to say on that or no? Of course. They fathered me into watching it. <laughs> That's the greatness right there. It's kind of inception because it's like I watched it, but then... It fathered me into watching it, and so then I watched it, <laughs> so it goes on and on. It's like a causal loop, where it, it had to make you watch it so that you could watch Of course. So, so, so what, what started first? What started the chain? The chain is a mystery on how it started. Well, it's either you existed before Magi or Magi existed before you, you know. Magi, exists, Magi created Justin so that Justin so that he can watch Magi. it. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's, it's that's like the loop where, like, you cannot have one. This has absolutely nothing to do with fathers in anime, but, you know. <laughs> All right, Troy, you got, you got your pick? Um... I got a few. You said two of them. I, I, I don't really care how many. You my main one's Nina's dad, because like, uh, yes, that that is the most fucked shit I've ever seen. He's not an important enough character, like figurehead in this show to actually like, because the Elric brothers, their dad's a dickhead too, and like. Had, I mean, yeah, that's it a had, like, big portion of the story. Yeah, it had, like, very significant life impacts on them. 
mm-hmm. more so than like seeing a weird chimera dog girl. Like it's fucked up. Edward. I don't know. Classic. Like, yeah, it's like kill me. But then uh, I don't know. I've always thought Goku's a bad dad. He uh, lets someone else raise his son, and then the whole Senzu being so, thing. The thing with Goku is it it's less Goku and just more the writing that kind of just happens to push him to be the absolute worst. Because as a character, has he has Goku. as a character. He has no intention of like. He has no intention of not caring for his kids, right? Like he, those moments he has with Gohan, like when Gohan's still a kid and a teen, and when they're actually together, it seems like they have a bond. Like you have um, the start of the Dragon Ball Z storyline with Raditz and Goku and stuff, and Raditz takes Gohan, and Goku's like, "Oh, you took my son. Let me fight for my son and get him back because this is wrong and you're gonna hurt him, right?" And he seems like he cares. This is this false sense of hope. You're like, oh, Goku, he's a good father. He's taking care of his son for four no. years. We finally see him back coming to the storyline. And then you get to like the Frieza saga. And he's like, oh, yeah, my son Gohan, he's just flying around the planet while this crazy genocidal maniac is killing everyone in his sights. And you're like, Goku, what's going on, man? Like, your, your boy's out there. And you just sent him dynamic and you're, you're still on, like, <laughs> you're dead. I always think about the Cell saga. Like, Gohan beats so and like the one of the cooler moments that i remember of like that series and then goku literally is like hey yo run that back <laughs> it's like it's like first of all that's your son so you're a dick and second of all your son just saved the world you're like putting the world at risk. Like again. you can imagine goku didn't need to kill himself to to get this point across at the end of the day he could have had his fight with Cell, he's beaten up, have Gohan take his go at it, and, and then, you know, he'd probably die, and then it'd be that, and then, you know, the world is saved, Boost Saga comes whenever it comes, because, you know, they just can't keep their stuff together. But then you realize that Chi-Chi is also, like, a terrible parent, too, but, you know, that's, like, besides the point, because she's, like, forcing him to choose, like, a career path that is kind of detrimental to the world, and, you know, partially that's kind of Goku's fault, too, because he's constantly putting the world at danger. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Gohan doesn't really have a good father figure. <laughs> what are right, you talking about? Uh, wait, Piccolo's wait, 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 wait. there, right? Well, I'm, yeah, I'm, but, I'm like... Gonna be, I'm going to be Piccolo's the advocate. Not... I'm going to be the advocate like, of... His actual dad. Oh, this is all... pro, pro-Goku propaganda no, over here. I'm going to be the advocate of all the fathers that you guys are trashing on. <laughs> and that will pick a good reason, even the worst that you think of, the good reason why they are a good person. So Goku, my man. But Goku died. has good quality, so I'm not gonna, you know. He died saving his son and the world from Raditz. Did you see that special beam cannon? Because I sure did. Yeah, and he, then, he could have thrown Raditz in the way, and then he could have just kind of like pushed him straight into the beam and, you know, went no, the other way. They, they were too unexperienced to be able to do that because they weren't as strong as Raditz to fight one-on-one at that point. <laughs> because he was, he was at, at their level, he was like a new new being that they've never seen before. 
uh, I'd like to bring up, have you watched um, this, this series called Dragon Ball Super where characters like Master Roshi have a power level of like a million and Krillin is like fighting Ultra Instinct, Super Saiyan Blue, you know, different Hold levels on. of Goku. We're talking about fatherhood here. He is the father <laughs> of the year. He's the father of the year, the way he made uh, sure. I don't, I don't know. If you're talking about father of the year. We, we might have to put like some like, um, dang, I can't think of a good Dragon Ball father. The reason why Piccolo was training. Oh, Vegeta. Gohan, what am I talking about? The, re- the reason why Pic- uh, Piccolo was training Gohan was because Goku asked him to so that he could get stronger if any more like powered beings came so that Gohan could, can protect himself. Yes, yes. That was the whole point. Dude, that, but yeah, but like you know how like rich people send their kids to boarding school. <laughs> See, where it's like, hey, go be smarter and learn how to play lacrosse, and it's just like, Dad, I want to have a catch, and it's just like, yeah, I'm sure you do, but like your boarding schools. The difference between Goku and rich catch. people is that is Goku's like dirt poor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's oh. got the he's got like the ability to just be like. This man does not bring an income into his own household. But he still has the freedom of a rich person where he's like, you know oh, what? he does. Yes. Like, fuck it. I'm going to go ride a cloud and just not deal with this. Well, I mean, if a rich person threatens him, he could just, you know, obliterate them, right? Like, yeah, like he money, has absolute power. Money is nothing to a guy that's basically a god. He can so, destroy like, the earth as collateral. I mean, you know, and he knows like the richest person in the world. So, like, yeah, so he did the the powerful version of instead of like sending a kid to get a good job, he sent his kid to get strong. He sent him to like fighting boarding school. And then it's just like, you know what? I like not having this little fucker around. Like I get to fight Vegeta. Like I can go all I, out. I just, I just remember that scene where you see Goten and Goten finally sees his father after years and then he plays with Goku and then, you know, I think Goku dies again after that. Hey, he is a great father. He sacrifices himself all the time to make sure that his son. Yeah, but, but is he sacrificing in... himself for his kids or, or just because he knows he can come back? So he's just going to die temporarily, get stronger because he died, and he'll come back stronger like by default. No, he knows that he has to go through the sacrifice to be able to defeat the villain because if he dies, which he basically is the strongest. If he dies by the villain, who are we going to rely on? Vegeta? I don't know. Have you, have you read uh, Dragon Ball Super lately? He's, he's, he's not the strongest at the moment. Hey. Dude, by the way, they should give Vegeta some love. Like, it's... Bro, have you read the Dragon... Oh, my God. I don't God. Talk, they, we're talking they about him, fatherhood They here. put Vegeta back on jobber status, bro. I was like, yo, he came back. He's like, I'm stronger than you, Goku. And Goku's like, oh my gosh, he's so much stronger. When did this happen? And then he gets wiped. And I was like, bro. They just <laughs> love rough. doing him like that. <laughs> that was rough. All right, next list. All I'm just saying is Goku is a great father. All right, let's, let's, go, back to, let's go back to your favorite uh, show, Tucker. The man who uh, loves science so much, he dedicated his children's soul, his, his own pet soul, his wife. He dedicated his wife's yeah, soul. Yeah, his wife's too. Yeah, she. I, I just love the fact that that's like one of those like things that people forget that he did the same or a similar thing to his wife for the yeah, sake of science. She's the one who was like, "You guys should kill me because this sucks." 
and everyone was like, oh, that sucks. So defend um, your boy, Justin. All right. I've got this in the bag. You this thought you had man. me. I prepared this. He. But did you write like a thesis for college on this? <laughs> of course. His master's thesis is on why this dude's Matt, not. No, no, no. If, if he's defending Show Tucker, this is a doctor. You know, he, he's going for his PhD here. All right. Okay. So let's get into Show. So it's in that universe, it's always been known that everybody wants to bring back their loved ones, right? So somebody has bring, to make the bring sacrifice. Back, yeah. Somebody has to make the sacrifice, right? So he's experimenting on his own family just so that everybody else in the world can be happy. And if this experiment works, you know what he can do? He can bring back his family. Weren't, wasn't he working on behalf of the sins? More or less, he was, Bradley was the one who wanted him to, do research on chimeras and that's the he's wrath right am I fucked up I'm the last person you can go to for full metal you know I, I only know so I'm much like, I'm pretty sure Shao Tucker was working for the government which was run by I thought he was working for the government I, I think yeah. that as far as I knew but which that's like being run by uh, the Fuhrer, who is one of the fucking sins, and his son, his kids, the actual Kahuna, and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think there's some way. I don't know. I don't. I don't think. I don't think he's. Doing all that, doing. I, I feel like it was more just like personal, scientific, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know how much evil genius god complex he has was, to him. Yeah, I think it's just the whole scientists and alchemists were pushing. Yeah, I, I really think it's like a big god complex when it comes to it because you know, like scientific characters, when it comes to them being villains, at the end of the day, they're always trying to do something that's never been done, and they usually ignore a lot of like ethical and moral yeah, it's not, standards to get it's there. not malevolent or like Male uh, benevolent it, it's yeah yeah it's like just kind of like curious it's to the point where it's personal yeah personal curiosity yeah but it's fucking dangerous to everyone else i mean if, know? You, if you can Wait. do it there's probably some gain to it but like it, it's so blurry to what it would be useful and I think the bad guys would immediately gobble it up, especially just the way the world was set up. Um, I'm going to go on a little tangent here and oh, say go off. the person that I think is a horrible father, same universe as Full Metal, if anybody can get what I'm going at right now before I say the name, I think the bad father in Full Metal this maze who's I, I knew this guy was gonna go for that controver controversial because everyone's always like maze who is uh like Dude, the only anime character that nobody hates and things like that I'm that's like, a i don't know how i don't know i don't i don't know about that one <laughs> this, this, this man is just trying to be mad controversial over here 
he was so bad at his job that he. Bro, is it? It's a bad day for rain. What like? <laughs> just even thinking about it, dude. It started raining the second I started thinking about it. Like he knew, he knew no, what kill was going on and how the war I'm changing started. Subject on your behalf, this is fucked up. All right, so I'm gonna say that Jing is not even the worst dad in his own uh, in that show. Who are you going for? Um, I'm gonna go with the guy that uh, tortured his son with electricity and. Has I, I knew you're gonna go for Silva, man. Assassinhood. I, I was waiting for that. I'm like, if it's not Jing, it has to be Silva. It's Silva. Every single time Killua uses his Nen, like the, his uh, hot suit, the electricity, every adult around him is like, Bro, what have you went through? Yeah, See, they're the like, thing about like, that is like, The kid, that's fucked up. You put it into the psychology of the characters who went through it. Like, if it's just from the outside aspect, yes, Silva, trash father. I mean, Jing also, but like, it's not, it, it's not anywhere as close. But you put in the psychology of the kids, it's like Kill has like a pretty normal, like as much as they have family issues, he interacts with them like as normal as any family would. Like he has no baggage that you can visibly see when Dude, he's around. I don't know. Like, Illumi was as bad about, as it got. Illumi has a needle in Kill's head for most of the and, show. It is manipulating him for like a good chunk of his Kill, life. Despite how he like acts to his family like outwardly he never forgave them for treating aluka the way they did and locking her and away that was like one of the biggest issues was that aspect yeah of so his like family. if you think about not only the way killer was treated they like misgender his little sister constantly and lock her in a basically a like a vault like a bank it's vault. pretty much like a uh, 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 you know a fancy prison you know like it, it's not yeah. a prison because it looks nice but it's essentially what it is like if it's not a physical prison it's a mental prison yeah and like the fact i know it's the hunter hunter verse and it's that shit's more hardcore and i get that being so used to murder at 12 years old probably means you weren't raised in a very good home like hold on you, He's a but good when you assassin. put it in the aspect of Killua, he doesn't necessarily, that's like not his issue, right? But he, when you look at him at the beginning, like during the Hunter exam, then you look at him post-election arc, like... He, he's changed. It goes from him being just like, fuck you, I'll kill you right now, to him being like... He's more sympathetic. I, yeah, and, and it's like going to be cautious. like... I was. It's like he'll kill only for a reason. Like, uh, well, I, his his you, is more like uh, if, if, if you Gone, fuck with you know, Gone, doesn't stop me. If you then, fuck with you know, Gone or Aluka, he will kill you. Yeah. Otherwise, he probably will like. It, it, I, I mean, there's still a good chance that he might, but you'd yeah, have to like get on that side of him. It's, it's he not like, like clearly has this empathetic side and he's a little emo he's like a little fucking pisces i think he's a cancer actually a little emo ass this like emotional. <laughs> he's baby and so then you're like when you see his actual demeanor uh, and then you're like this motherfucker is supposed to kill people and it's like yeah because his dad's an asshole his grandpa's a dick too but like i don't know they Bro. forced him into a life that he's not. You say for. that much, but 
Jing convinced Gon that he actually cared for him. Jing made an entire <laughs> island live in a perpetual state of RPG madness just <laughs> for his child to come in on the off chance he's able to afford this game. Uh, on the off chance he's able to make it and make it that far just yeah, to troll him further. Become a hunter. Bro, it's, no, it's no, 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 no. No. If you watch the anime, he made Gon say the N-word. Which means make him, he set up his son to be canceled. That no, is terrible fathering. That's Gon was literally just like, <laughs> he thought that Jing was punking him. So he was like, I'll say his name backwards. And then it was just like, yo, uh, if you had just said his name, you'd have gone right to him. So it's just Bro, like, Gon just thought about it was- too hard. Cancel culture was not far enough to kill Gon, but his dad took the risk, man. I don't know. Like, that's that's some risky parenting right there. Dude, yeah, but Silva sent his kid to the battle tower when he was, like, seven or six or something. Like, at least Jing was, like, gotta be a hunter first. He's like, I'm only going to put you through one fucked up thing, and then you get to come and, play. And then they meet. Game. And then, you know, he's like, all right, we've met. Have have a fun life. I don't care about you again. And life is good. (laughs) He's like, I'm sorry I turned Kite to a girl. He's just like, bro. Jing's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I don't care. He's like, you want to talk about this at the fucking tree? But, yeah. Oh, man. He's Basically, uh, Silva's worse than Jing. And uh, I don't think there's a lot of other Hunter dads, Hunter universe dads that can even compete with. I mean, Killa was, he's an expert, no poisons, mm-hmm. electricity, and pretty much all BDSM style torture weapons. And he's like 14 by the end of the show. So... But he still is, you know, optimistic and happy. And he's not like, you know what? But my dad, I don't know him, but he loves me. No, but that's he, he knows the- his dad actually does care for him to an extent. <laughs> there, there's no underlying psychological oh, bro, ma- I masterminding know. there. I think, I think it's an abusive relationship where he's like, go hang out with your friend. Don't betray him. Like, yeah, those are some good lessons, man. I don't know what you. I don't, I don't know, know, man. It seems like an abusive ass relationship where he's like, "Yeah." I'll... Jing's words to Gone came from a, a video uh, the, that tape player that pro. Oh, dude, I think Jing's a bad dad. I just don't think. I think being no from from an outside perspective, I'd say Silva is far worse. But he's like, a semi absentee dad, like in the context of the series. Gon's optimism for his dad is so unfounded and like psychologically it it's a weird situation where he believes in his father for no grounded reason. So like well, if Jing said no, he doesn't believe anything really. But like if Jing just said I hate you and I never want to see you again, that could like throw off his whole purpose. His goal was to be a hunter to find his father, right? That would have like thrown everything off. 
it's to see why his dad he wanted to Let see them. what was so good about that that he was willing to like choose that over him so he's not like he's like if i find him that becomes like a thing it's like the b goal kind of mm-hmm. the a goal is just like to see what's so great about this whole hunter shit you no, know, it'd be funny if he's like, oh, I found my dad. Okay, time to quit being a hunter. Sit, packing up, boys. Justin, I mean, how, could, are we, how are we doing on time? He doesn't have Nen, so he might have to. No, I'm saying how much time left? One hour and five minutes. All right, good. We can go to our boy Aaron's father. Hold on. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Oh, wait. you got something to say. Are you going to try and pick apart the torture training of your child? Of course I will. <laughs> I, I mean, I, there, there's positives he can find, so it's – I can't really – it depends on what he says. He might say something completely outlandish. All right, let's – I think child torture is pretty – Let's go I'm back into, in time. I'm curious about this let's, let's, let's go back in time when Netro and, and two other people went to the dark continent and somehow were the only ones who ever came back. Okay. So, one of the Zeldic ancestors probably passed down that information into the family, and they had to. First, well, one off, of the Zeldic ancestors was one of the people. It was Ziggy Zeldic went to the Dark Continent with Nedra. Ziggy, yeah. such 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 a fancy Ziggy, name, man. AKA Maha. There's yeah, some, I, and, I don't know who cares about Maha. Ziggy sounds so much better. Ziggy's and, a better. Ziggy. And in the whole thing, they were making sure that the Zoldics would be around to survive if the Dark Continent ever came into the real world. And and the the second thing about locking the kid so that everybody's protected. They locked up the kid that can basically kill anybody if they can't answer the question or do anything that the kill tells them to. Yeah, they can make any wish possible, but at the end of the day, people will just have their heads explode or just like have something trample them or get killed. So they have to protect it's, it's like a situation. It's like a situation with Eerie. Like it's so dangerous to leave this child with powers that are uncontrollable out there, but you don't know how to train them to use it. And if you don't have like that competence to actually train them, it's such a high risk. So that like, Which what are your options? Have. So they had to lock him up because first off, they don't know how the Her. ability works. Killer was stingy ass isn't gonna be going around saying, "Oh, I'll tell everybody how it works," so that we can train this kid to be able to control it. But no, he was like, "Oh, they're gonna use it to their own advantage." Man, get out of here. He was a great father. Killer was just thinking about himself. (laughs) Next Uh, question. uh, Bro, next question. This man, his his takes are spicy today, man. He's into this one. Grisha Yeager. That is all cap. Actually, there's a lot of fathers that, you know, you could basically talk about for Attack on Titan. Just, Just almost anyone that existed. Grisha Yeager, man. Iconic. Yeah, let's focus on Grisha. Now, you haven't read The King is a bad 
a bad. Oh, the dad. king is terrible, man. But I want to focus but on Trisha and his fucking key in the in the series. is child that whole. Yeah, okay. there is stuff you haven't read yet, and so yeah, and don't it kind of it. it kind of like it doesn't necessarily make him more compassionate of a character because when you find out the stuff and how Aaron's powers work Man, with the care. attack titan, you're already telling me too much. I, what what have you gathered from what I told you? That I'm gonna learn some shit about the dad and no, the attack no. titan. You're not gonna learn anything new about well i think as far as you read everything is just about said when they check the basement and you see every just about everything yeah so in I've, terms of learning about grisha i think I've you've learned that. the most but like it's like chapter 117 where there's this moment where aaron does something that it focuses on a period of hit time that involves um because i think you read the chapter 100 and that whole thing with Zeke is found out. Do you know about yeah. that much? Okay. So there's something that shows up with that where Grisha somehow is able to at least see Zeke, right? Mm-hmm. And you have that little moment. And that's that's what happens. And you kind of see this moment where maybe in this aspect, Grisha's not as bad as a dad. But I don't know. Is it revealed, Zeke's relationship with Grisha? In the... Um, yeah, it is. That's the whole thing about in the basement. It is revealed. Yeah, right? so, yeah, yeah. It, Aaron and Zeke are Grisha's kids, and so you see this yeah, relationship half with Zeke. Yeah, they're half brothers. Yeah, because it's uh Diana or Diana, whatever her name is. That's um the royalty that lives in Marley. That's shown who has the kid with Grisha, so he gets the Beast Titan powers, and that's why his powers are unique because he's part royalty, and that whole thing is revealed. So you have that relationship with him and his son where he's forcing his son to be this like sparehead to a movement to save the Eldian people right and he is so caught up in it that he is like this is like why am I being forced to and then they have that whole reveal later on and then you go to like Aaron and Grisha where he steals the founding titan then he forces his kid (laughs) to be a titan and then he makes his kid eat him (laughs) And then you have that you have that one scene where he's in the jail cell after they find the book and he's waking up and he's crying because he just lived through that whole moment where he realizes yeah. he ate his dad. And I was like, bro, and this is just like to say that is not even as bad as it gets in terms of how this power works. There's an integral scene. Do you remember that scene with um Krista and Aaron and he touches her hand when they're doing that whole celebration after they kill Ron? Yeah. That is a very important scene. I'll just say that for anyone listening. For season four, that is like a major scene. And when I first watched it, I watched, I read it and I caught up and then season three part B started playing. And so that scene happened afterwards. So that's when I realized it was like a really big moment. And I had so many theories come from that, but that's besides the point. Grisha, like even Aaron says at moments, like it's he's not saying directly, but he's kind of implying that the way the series works, it's kind of an inevitability, like it's Thanos, you know, I am inevitable type of thing. But he doesn't necessarily show Grisha as a good father to him. Maybe he helps Zeke with that, but like Grisha did some messed up stuff. And like the way the series portrays it. He wasn't really it, around. He wasn't like, he wasn't around, right? Yeah. And so the way it portrays When he it, was he's, around, he's like, eat me. Yeah, when he's around, he's only focused on Eldia, right? He's focused on saving his uh, people. 
and it seems like he's ignoring his kids, right? So in that aspect of a father, but it's kind of implied that this was like bound to happen, right? The way the series goes. So from like the outside perspective, maybe he's not that bad, but from like the perspective of how his kids grew up and the aspects surrounding that, like he sacrificed his wife. Like Aaron had to get traumatized that whole thing. Plus I think and, his- And he was still alive doing his own thing. His reason for having kids is never to be a dad. It was it was to serve his people. Yeah, it's like one of those messed up things. He's just trying to make like, like make tools. It's like the show Tucker thing, right? He has his kid, and if you're making the argument, yeah, he's trying to help people, but like as a father, he's he's scum, right? And it's that crazy relationship, and it's kind of cool that they actually go back into it and kind of like play around in that toolbox they've you know have there. So that was a fun aspect. You, you gonna support your boy, Justin? Okay. Ah, oh, that's a yes. All right, let me set things down real quick. Oh man, he's taking this serious. All right, so I've read to the part where they were forming an alliance with another country. That's the farthest I've gone on Attack on Time. I haven't picked it up since. I'm pretty okay, sure it was from, you're at. Yeah, it was from a year ago. So sorry, yeah, on, so I know just about. Speaking on the father and his backstory. So you've actually should have seen some of that. He yeah, I think you're a little past me. No, he he if he if he stopped last year, then he's past you. Yeah. He was doing his job for his country. This man as in patriotism, nationalism, this as a spy, stand by this. So that his people and his family can be free from a Nazi regime. He was captured. And he I, was, I like how you say that, but like when you watch the series, there are there are no good people in like the political powers to be like they're all like the worst human beings who just know they're killing people the whole time hey i can figure out a way to turn them around too just give me a chance <laughs> no you, if, well. if, if you if you if you catch up in the manga you'll see some crazy stuff like you if you pick a side you're like i mean you, you have your right to pick a side but you're kind of crazy to, to do so but just I saying that he oh, he's, gonna... <laughs> he's gonna pick a side he's gonna pick like the worst people so he has his wife turn into a regular titan just a mindless titan mm -hmm. yes good mm -hmm. good fathering right there and as one does he made sure that nobody figured out his son was on his side no, there's no sides in this story man it's like team Aaron and then Everyone else has their own sides. And by team Aaron, I mean Aaron himself. Like Aaron Solo. And he has no team but himself. No, just Aaron. Like you, you saw how his son was looked so evil. And then when you see his backstory too, you understand that his father actually taught him well how to hide actually, and not be a fool like he, he was. I, I do want to say Zeke mirrors his father a lot. Like what they reveal 
in what what's going to be season four, his his execution of his plan is very similar to what his father did. Like his mindset is different, and the reasons he did it are different. But he kind of just became the same person his father was at the yeah, end of the day. Yeah, but not. I don't think it's through his dad's parenting. It 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 it's like a consequence of his dad's parenting or lack of parenting. Like yeah, if, if you watch, I was just thinking about it. I'm like, it actually mirrors pretty well on like his. He he had power behind it, right? He's a titan, a titan shifter. So there was different means and methods he could go through it, but like his end goal and how he was like planning to do so, it's actually very simple. He was but able continue. to. He was able to have his son actually go into into like such a deep covert mission that nobody thought that he would be actual a betrayer. He also was able to go so many years still believing that he can turn his previous wife back into a human if he tried hard enough. And at the end of the day... I, I still wonder if that will become a point in the story. Like, it, there's like probably four or five chapters left, and I'm still wondering if that will ever become a plot point. He, he, he wanted to make sure that his previous family and his recent family didn't have to go through the struggle where he was born, where he was raised at. So he had to make sure that the family that he got right now were able to know how to save themselves from turning into Titans or at least be able to be mindful Titans instead of mindless Titans. He was experimenting all the time just so that his basically lineage and his people won't have to go through that Nazi stuff. See, I love your father. points. Your, your points aren't, aren't they're a good father. They're a, a good person to society yeah, in general. Like but as a father, you, you don't defend them. That was, that, that, that's the definition of a good father. <laughs> just, 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 sure. to, just to be like, you know, they saved the world, right? They killed their son, but it's how they saved the world. That's like his whole outcome to this. Yeah, he'd be at like Jason Todd's funeral being like, God damn it, Batman's a great pop. Batman is a great father. Yeah, like the fucking be like. <laughs> this man had a kid for years and didn't even know. He stopped the Joker. <laughs> what hey, a great dad. But when he found out that he did have a kid, what did he do? He welcomed him with open hands. And then he let him out on his own, risk his life on like the daily. Because you know, he all that knew. fun stuff. Because yeah, he knew. Sure he lets him fight adult criminals. He, he fought Deathstroke multiple times. Hey, when he was raising Damien, he realized that a certain, like, at an early part, uh, that Damien no, could it, take care of himself. It's funny what his relationship with Damien kind of makes it Todd. seem like he disrespected all of his... He already friends. let a kid get his brains beaten out by hey, a clown. He tried his best to teach Jason Todd not to be a buffoon. Who told Jason Todd to go look up, look up well, his mom? Well, Jason Todd was like the Damien Wayne of his time. I'm as a Robin, like people Jason, don't like Jason Todd. Jason Robin. Todd was a buffoon for thinking they, they that, like, like that Jason his Todd mom Red was going to be actually okay. He, Jason Todd was a buffoon, and he deserved okay. that crowbar. The thing with it is, like Batman, when Damien comes in, his relationship with all his foster children seem like he doesn't care. Like that's how it's portrayed. And I always find that to be like the weirdest thing. Like you bring in his actual son, it's kind of like, ah, oh, yes, let me let me raise him up to be the best, the perfect being. And it's like, oh, wait, he is already the perfect being because he's my son. And then you have, like, 
Dick Grayson who's like, oh, have you just neglected us all? And that's like kind of how you move forward from there. I'm like, that's wild. Like you just brought these kids in for what? To make an army? This is Justin's type of father right here. Batman is his that's ideal. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's what I, like, you literally were like, look at someone with child soldiers and just being like, man, they're making a positive He, he would look at the, um, the dark metal Joker, the one with like those robins on leashes and be like bro this man is a father figure of the year he's like those he's kids never them, they never go out them safe in the vicinity yeah. to where they don't run away they can't get in trouble but, if they're tied to a, a metal chain come on now yeah they, they they can die and all but that's fine he can make new ones i was looking at the bad things you always got to look at the good things of a father figure so um troy how far are you in one piece like I, i'm about to bring up a father that hasn't shown up yet um fuck let me see what episode i'm on have you made it to zoe no they're on their way i got I'm okay getting, i'm hung up on so, that bullshit fucking the underground maze oh you're on that filler arc um the silver mines yeah, one with Bartolomeo Bar- and that one girl yeah his uh childhood friend it's yeah i remember that one stupid i mean you could skip it but okay know, so you haven't you haven't made it to um the part where uh the the name Vin Smoke does that ring any bells yet? No. Good. I Vin Smoke Judge. Dad's not a very good one. Well, I uh, guess he is kind of. He's good. not actually bad because like he left him with his grandpa, right? Like Garp. He so did at the stop, end of the day, he stopped Smoker from. And he saved him. Like he's kept track of him too. That's an alabaster, right? Um, it was in a lockdown. Log t- yeah, but he right. keeps track of him. You'll see like bits and well, you might have already seen the bits and pieces. Or, oh like, yeah, happens a little later. It's like absentee. At, like that's how it seems at first. I-, I feel like he keeps him distant for his safety. Yeah, but he's also fine with him like achieving his own dreams because that's kind of like the aspect of the world. Yeah, right? plus but, he's like an international terrorist, so it'd be kind of hot. It'd be it'd be kind of tough. Like you're making your son a criminal off the bat. Like, if he wants to be a criminal, let it, let it be his choice. That's good parenting. That's parenting Justin is against, right? Dude, yeah, like, there's – One you know, Piece has some good dads. It's got – It's got bad ones, too, for sure, but – Yeah, it's got – but I don't know. It doesn't have any ones I would put, like, at least where I'm at. That's time left? Okay. Yeah, I don't know if there's anyone as bad as, like – so Vin Smoke Judge, right? Or Judgey is I'm pretty sure that's the actual man, pronunciation. You and this your man you... This man will make a father figure you know look like an absolute saint because of this relationship. Man, now I'm gonna I... get to Pop Smoke Judgey and I'm gonna see him and immediately be like, Oh, that's a bad You know what? Dad. Overall you... I don't think he's like the worst of fathers because because in terms of his relationship with his other kids even though it's like just chaotic evil like it's just such a bad relationship but it's such a mutual bad relationship i'm like he kind of asked for this and it's kind of like what he gets and he treats them like the way they're created so in that aspect he's not like a terrible father but it's how he treats his one son who is not like his other kids that is what makes it a bad father in the way he oh, treats that one kid. You know who I think about the f- You know who I think's the worst dad that I've seen? And one piece? Is Sabo's dad. Oh, well, he's he's a noble and oh, Sabo's dad was like a maniac. A he wanted to be he wanted to be like a celestial dragon or something like that. He had like that guy aspirations. Was such a no, he wanted to um dude. 
He wanted Sabo to be the king of the Goa kingdom. That's what it was. And then he like adopts the other. I was like, you. Ste- oh, bro. That guy oh, was my a big gosh. Hit. Yeah, that, that's a bad one. Wait, I got a curveball. Just do one example. I only still have like time. 40 minutes. Kind of. Just do who's your best anime dad? Ooh, best anime dad. Like, it, yeah, it's but- kind of weird because if you pick like a shonen, you're kind of insane. Because there's no like ideal anime dad in shonen. So, like, I'd have to think of like a different series. There are fathers, I think, that like were super supportive of their kids. I'm trying to think of names. Do you have one you could say? I'm, I'm like going through my mental catalog here. Um, my first gut reaction, and I don't go deep in the show, is uh, one of the Joe stars. Um, I don't know if they're, they're grandpas or dads necessarily, but you know, Depends. part two, okay. Jonathan. Joseph. Joseph is the um, one in part two. Is that who's okay? The so it works as Jonathan has a kid. His kid, I don't remember his name. He dies in like the wartime or something like that for reasons, and okay, then Joseph so guess, is born. I guess I'm thinking of a grandpa, not even a dad. But that could be a father figure, I guess. Joseph is uh, Jotaro's, also his grandpa. Yeah, that's, okay. So I guess for straight dads, well, back to the bad ones real quick. Evangelion. (laughs) Oh, gosh, Genji's father? Genji's dad's a dickhead. (laughs) I I like how, like, I I don't even know the man's name. I just know his reputation. I just love, love that fact. Um... Justin, I bet you'll have a ridiculous answer to this. Sanji's <laughs> dad? No, I'm, I asked, just do your, your one example of the best dad in anime. All right. Best father in anime. I'd say it will show. This. <laughs> Mm. Oh, bro, this guy. (laughs) (laughs) This man. You know, if you want to go off of, like, Shonen, actually, Ichigo's dad is actually a really good one. Um, yeah, from Bleach? Yeah. Yeah, he, like, genuinely cared for his son. They had a good relationship. After he lost his mom, you know, he he put an extra effort for his sister, for his daughters and all that. He had a really good relationship with his uh, Ichigo, and he took care of him. He had yeah. the power to keep him hard, safe, if anything. Hard work and single dad. Fuck with that. Yeah, I mean, he was... Uh, Maze, that's a layup answer. I like... Uh, it's. I guess it's technically shown into uh, Yukihira's dad. Saiba. Soma, I was about to ask you about that. Saiba's dad's dope. In fact, he's so dope that I got super pissed when that noir fuckface, like his like adopted son, came and beat him out of nowhere. <laughs> I was so I was like, who the fuck comes and beats Saiba? Like I was like, he's a good cook and he's a good dad. And I, they still haven't really gotten into what happened with his mom, but I think she died. I think he's a single dad too, like raising his son, working hard, doing the damn thing. 
All right, Justin, what's your fucking... <laughs> That's serious. This man is serious. Joe Tucker is his, like, ideal father over here. Is that your actual... I fucking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not oh, changing man. my mind. There, there was an anime I watched where the father... I don't remember... It's blanking on me. Like, wh- whoever the father... Oh, you know what? Um, the Misfit of Demon Academy. Anos's parents. Like, in the show, like, a lot of the characters, I'd say, are average. But what keeps me entertained are how much his parents are, like, a ride or die for him. Like, he was born, like, a month prior to where the story starts, right? It's just this overpowered demon. And he kind of, like, accelerated his, like, aging. So his father and his mother care so much for him. And, like, he brings girls home and they're like, oh my gosh, he has a wife. And then he'll bring another one. It's like his second wife. And they're like all enthusiastic over any little thing he does. And like recently in the anime, his father gave him like this average sword. And you know, his son, the world, just how perfect the sword is. And like, it's a completely normal sword. There's no magic to it. It's average. And he makes everyone believe this is like the strongest sword in the world because it has love imbued into it. And his father's like crying for this man. That's like one of the best, most recent examples I get. Like his parents care so much. And his dad is like, he, he came back injured. He put in like hours of work, days of work just to build this sword for his kid, just so he could compete in the tournament. And he was like, he wasn't going to go into the tournament because it was pretty much a trap. And he knew that. But then he was like, you know what? My father put in all this effort. So I might as well. And his mom's like, you know, do it because we believe in you. And, he was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. And I'm like, he, he's basically the demon king. So he has no obligation to do anything in the story. But just because how much his parents care, he was like, you know what, I'll do it just because. You, you, you have anything cute. bad to say about that, Justin? No, I actually agree with you. He was actually a good dad. I, the, same uh, reason why, the same reason why you like, like you keep going on with the show is because I was like seeing – the dad just burst into into the room, like through the door, and just like be happy for his son. That's always a funny part for me. That, that was like the only recent example I could think of. I know there was like. Oh, uh, if we're still doing the good ones. Kill a kill. The, uh, her goofy friends, dad. They're like, he's always eating and sleeping. He's kind of perving on the main girl a little bit, but that whole family, I don't know if you guys fucking kill the kill, but that whole family that like basically takes, uh, oh God, what is her name? Not Ryuk, that's the demon. The dad in Death Note's good too. Well, yeah, he was good. By the way. But and then, he, he, went to, he went to jail for his son it, for like two it, weeks. It wasn't his fault. His son was uh, <laughs> kind of went, went psychotic with it power but you know yeah that's, that's, what a it whole, is. that's a whole other thing you know who's a very great refined father who absolutely imbues honor and like what justin loves fire lord ozai this man living legend yeah that's he burned his fire. son because oh actual good dad ng todoroki can't believe i even blanked on this man that like, is oh pe- people are gonna hate me for this one i think he's a genuinely good fo- well he, he's growing into it i can't say he's great yet but he's growing into it i can say i that think much. he's a better dad than he is a husband 
Yes, yes, I think I can agree with that one. I I feel like he's put more because essentially his marriage was to like make his marriage was like pro Justin, right? Make perfect children to fight, like stronger, surpass all my right. That, yeah. Justin's like, oh yes, that's the humanitarian in him. But as a father, like you know, even though he was really rough and like he was waiting for that perfect son who happened to be Todoroki, who could use both powers and make use of it all, he did you know push his kids and. I mean, it caused a rift in the relationship, but you get to like flash forward to the Endeavor Redemption arc and what happens after that, after he gets the title of number one and he realizes the struggle and that he can't manage it and that he's realized, oh, his family is divided and that like he can fix things in his life to make amends, to actually embody what it means to be the number one hero. So he kind of grows in that position. And I think that recent arc, that like a little buffer arc after My Villain Academia, with um endeavor was really good and you got to see him in his relationship with um his kids even though his um one son well was kind of like hesitant on that relationship his sister i think her name is like ray or something like that Todoroki's sister or Shoto, because they're all Todoroki forge and you see endeavors putting in the effort like the thing about it is people always like to look at like those main things that make a father bad or like a character bad and they like try to stick to it. Like people hate Bakugo, right? For reasons of early story Bakugo, or they'll hate like Sasuke or some characters like that who have realistic troubles that, re- you know, they should grow out of or overcome. And they'll nitpick those things. And Todoroki, you know, NG is like a prime example where he did a lot of messed up stuff, but he worked really hard to like overcome that because you can't get rid of the past but you can show you've grown and you've changed. And a, pe- a lot of right. people just hate change. Culture. It, it's a big thing, you know. People don't like, people don't like uh, other people making change or stuff like that. It's a whole other can of worms. Like, I like it in um, Avatar because I just recently watched The uh, Legend of Korra. Aang is like, if you base Aang off of, you know, his series, he, he's like, oh, how can he be a bad father in like Tencent alone? But if you base him off his other kids, they say that like he wasn't the best father you just like him because he he prioritized you and there's a reason why because he was an airbender so he had his reasons to preserve the culture because no one else could and that was like his whole life's goal was to somehow regain his whole culture and so there's a reason why but like as a father to his other children he like neglected them to an extent even though he might have loved them he only loved them so far so yeah, Aang is a terrible father. He learned from Ozai, you know, neglected his kids. Good thing none of them had like a wind scar to the face or anything like, like that. Nothing too absurd. But you know, Zuko, Zuko has a nice badge of honor. His father loved him. He he had passion. It, it was supposed to look like a heart. It didn't really look like a heart, but that's what it was supposed to look like on his eye. It wasn't supposed to be some nasty scar. You know, Todoroki stole that too, but it, it is what it is. You you have any uh, defense for your boys, Justin? No, I'm I'm booted out for the day. Oh come on! You you were having so much fun. Nah, I'm booted out because we have just listen. Anime won't take that long, man. You can have like four minutes to hey, step on your pedestal. You would be shocked on how long we talk for on the single anime before we move on to our second one. Watch me blast through uh, 
All the all plastic food wars. All right, fine. <laughs> well, well, if you don't want to talk about, if you have something you want to talk about for it, go ahead. But if not, like, I don't have anything to say for like, well, probably just one series because Justin watched Demon Academy, so I guess I could talk about those uh, past two episodes. But no, yeah. what do you want to start with, Troy? Uh. Food Wars episode five, I think it was. If if you don't remember anything, I'm not gonna force you to it was two rack weeks your brain. Ago. But basically, all the shit I was complaining about, this episode felt like a one of the older episodes where Return to Form. Yeah, he like made a ridiculous dish and he's explaining it and only he could have made it and the attention to detail is just complete bullshit, like so over the top. I loved it. He's like <laughs> his cake like exploded and had all these like weird little things, mm-hmm. but he uh, beats this girl who's a member of Noir. Everyone's like, "Neat." Aaron is doing her thing, beating the shit out of people. The next episode was Aldini, the Italian homie. He's supposed to fight this Noir guy in a team battle. And this team dude's got, like, a bunch of cross-dressing, like, men in drag helping him. And then they also, oh, like... They, they like, watched One Piece. They admire, They aspire it to live ju- up It looked bon just Clay like that island. And Ivankov, man. It looked just like the island. But, dude, they, uh... They built... It, they're doing an amuse-bouche, which is, like, not an appetizer. It's just, like, a little tasting of what the meal's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like a little hint. But then they lock up Aldini's t- brother, who is supposed to be his teammate. But then Soma comes in and it's like, it's like, fucking, I'll do it. Then they're like, we'll allow it. Because fucking I, I, I just knew you I knew you were going to say something like that. I was like, I'm like, oh, his brother's locked up. I'm like, in my head, oh, I think Soma's coming in. It, it was... To- it was, I was like, rolled my eyes kind of, but then they did this like little mini flashback because uh, he uses this like Italian like pizza cutting thing called uh, mm-hmm. Pezzaluna. And then I guess him and Soma had a deal where whenever Soma would beat Aldini in a food war, he would get Mezzaluna and they just kept passing it back, having this like rivalry. Yeah. Soma just developed this like. He got, like, good at cleaning it and using it and, like, developed this, like, skill with it. So him and Aldini, like, just drop dick and make, like, a really good amuse-bouche and win. But it was, like, a cool little, like, the way they kept bouncing between the, like, thing of them passing it back in real time. Then it would be, like, a flashback of, like, Aldini losing. I was like, damn, this is the best directed episode of the season by far. And, uh... I think Arena is going to come into the main fray next episode. So mm-hmm. that's a little something to look forward to. But I was like, kind of took a little bit to get here, but it's getting good. All right. You want to talk about decadence also? Get that out the way? <laughs> get it out of the way. Like it's some. <laughs> Justin uh. is. Keeping me on a time limit, so I'll try and be good. Uh, the episode, Last We Spoke, Dear Friends, uh, Kabaragi-san was killed, and I was, like, fucking just 
Turns out just his avatar was killed. And his little like robot toy version was in the robot world. I still haven't figured out where that's taking place. But like the big bad ugly boss guy with the nose and the sunglasses is like nose and sunglasses. Yeah, that's like basically the enforcer disciplinarian of all the robots. If they like stop working, he sent he calls you a bug and sends you away. And he's basically talking, he's like, Yo, Kavaragi, you fucked up. And I would kill you under any other circumstances, but you have friends in really high places, so you're going to a work camp instead. And they basically go to a work camp where they clean gadol shit. Yeah. And it's just really not very good. But one of his old top rankers who didn't become a bug hunter from, like, episode two when he was a bug hunter and he, like, they all got caught doing the bad shit. He was the only one who agreed to be the bug hunter. Everyone else got sent to the fucking work camp. So they all got beef with him, but they like meet up and they're like, yo, we have a way to get you back into the game. And he's like, what? So then the episode ends. This next episode, he gets like a temporary avatar and is going into the game through the like sketchy black market underground way. And they tell him they're like, we're using like a fake account so you can't be on here all day or else they'll track our shit so you gotta be back by sundown and he goes and like is trying to find uh hatsume the main girl because she's taking care of pipe the dog thing justin hates and so she's like doing her like damn thing her friend that like was her best friend and didn't want her to join the army is being a see you next thursday because she's basically just like i can't deal with your shit you're way too positive like you keep talking about wanting to do this new life and like leave me behind I'm like you selfish bitch so while that's going down the gadol breach the wall and attack the tankers like all the humans in decadence and they're like fucking fighting like flying around the city people are getting fucked up it's gnarly and then they basically like end up killing all the gadol homeboy comes and finds hatsume but he's got a new body so she doesn't recognize him but all his mannerisms are the same so she's like feels like it's you know like it's like a familiar presence even though Mm -hmm. and so then he's trying to like cryptically tell her like Kaburagi's not dead, but he can't talk to you, but he, like, wants you to know that, like, he's good, he hopes you're good, and she's, like, just being, like, why the fuck won't he come talk to me? And then the episode ends when he goes back to his, like, robot boys in the black market underground world, and he's, like, yo, we're gonna go kill all the Gadol. And they're like, what? And he just, like, points up to, like, where the gadol are being made in the factory. He's like, we're going to destroy the whole factory. I was like, yo. Wow, you sound so invested. All right, Justin. It's fucking tight, dude. (laughs) Justin, what do you want to talk about for Damon of Misfit Academy? Because that's what you binged recently. All right, so... I binged it a little bit uh, during the time I was going to work. So, like, on my way to work each day for, like, the mm-hmm. past two days, I would just watch it. 
And I finally finished up with uh, the recent episode. I think that was episode eight. Yeah, I think and it was eight. And it was it was a really good episode. Like it was a really good series when I caught up to it. I think I'm gonna continue it because it's it's a refreshment from the regular anime that I have to watch on a weekly basis. It's like I'd rather I I was happy watching that more than catching up on God of High School, like just to be honest. Because God of High School at this point is just a homework that I need to watch and I'm pretty sure I'm either gonna be dropping it. I'm either gonna be dropping it and anybody else can talk about it. I'm gonna. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna <laughs> continue on my Demon Academy and maybe other anime that comes up because I began a few lists of anime that I'm probably gonna be watching soon. Forget the names of them though. Dude, Either there's way, an ninja show I meant to ask you guys about. I, I might know what you're talking about. It's I like haven't watched Crunchyroll. It. It's like a bunch of ninjas. Let, let, let me see what it's called. Is it the Ninja Collection? Yes. Has anyone watched that? No, just, I haven't watched it. I just paid attention. If you're starting shows, I'll fucking start that one with you. Because I've, I was like going through stuff. I was restarting Haikyuu, but then I was like, maybe I should be more responsible and talk about it weekly. All right, then, uh, then I'd recommend anybody uh, to watch this show. I mean, it's just another overpowered character into a world and defeating all its enemy, but it has a good storyline that goes with it. And obviously, so- I don't like the. Um, What's the anime genre that I don't like, Rashad? Do you isekai? Yeah, I do not like isekai anime. Well, this is an isekai because it's it's fantasy, but it's not isekai. It's it's morally you 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 see. I'm pretty sure you've caught up with it, but obviously, I'm not a fan of all the characters just fondling around the main character. But I give some isekai passes the way they're able to portray their character like their main character instead of being that boy who who's oblivious to everything that goes around him and is just trying to get like trying to get back to his world or just that similar thing that most isekais are going on to i find the ones that i do somehow watch really enjoyable so what I want to say about these like past two episodes, it's like it's been the whole tournament for the sword tournament. You have you find out that Ray and his whole thing, his mother is dying, and like the royalist faction of the school is kind of like they they put a contract on him. So like if he betrays it, he'll get killed. Like his source will be destroyed. That'll be it for him. He's dead. His mother is like they're pay, they're funding her, you know, keeping her alive because she's a spirit demon hybrid, and that, that's like a really rare thing. And the way spirits survive in the world is they're they're like you know they work by ideals or like symbolism like if that knowledge or concept is passed down they have more strength in the modern day but if it doesn't pass down then they're like weak and because it's a hybrid there is nothing that actually binds them to existence so they're like really success susceptible to just dying and so that whole thing is happening and on a is like trying to find this grand way to save them all which i knew was going to happen at the end of the day i was watching it and i'm like it's going to happen so i did have some issue with how happy and perfectly it ended where everything worked out 
just because it ended like in such an off it didn't try to do it in any like fancy or like interesting way it was very basic and like one note in how they did it now the whole way they did um the guy who betrayed him because it was like the guy a part of the one faction of school that supports him he's betrayed because this like demon worm or whatever is in his brain it's it's like um that worm from what's it called uh shazam it's a shazam villain oh yeah i forget i know his name like i literally just blank on it because i'm trying to bring it up now but he's like a major villain and it's a mind worm and it's super smart it's lacking the intelligence it's like a brain worm that kind of infected him and made him betray him then you have like two other demon god or demon lords who are working with him in the situation he like absolutely destroys them right away and then you have this whole conflict i think i was more invested in just how him and ray were going about their conflict versus the whole behind the scenes that was happening until you found out like there is someone directly manipulating everything but the execution of uh, specifically the last episode, I feel like was kind of underwhelming. Like the fight he had with Ray before this fight was way more interesting when he used a branch and Ray was using a magic sword. And I was like, oh man, this is cool. And it was like an actual conflict, but they were using like actual swords this time, but it was really short. The choreography was kind of like minimal and they didn't, it's because they didn't want to emphasize on it clearly. But I feel like that was the more interesting aspect of that whole conflict between the characters and the whole thing with this mother was clearly a plot device to create that conflict and it could have been better but it was just really basic to me i still enjoy the series for a lot of other things but like i feel like some of the characters can they they exist to carry the plot and you know a lot of series have that where characters sole purpose is to be an attribute of the plot that's kind of with a lot of the characters in this show and so the interesting part is like Anos himself and like the little bits of the world you can find out how are we doing on time all right so you want to get to fire force troy you watched the recent episode yes i watched both of them and i'll I'll say the one last week like in terms of like storyline and plot it was not interesting this it, it but it was absolutely hilarious i yeah like, i enjoyed it but i didn't the like I, thing... I can say that for like both episodes like in terms of the the ending of this one and like the build up for the mystery was getting me back interested into like what their purpose was but it was kind of like bouncing around for a while between last episode and this one yeah, I liked uh, the episode uh, prior to the most recent one because it kind of felt just seeing the Amaterasu like thing out out there. It just reminded me of season one, like part one, the whole mystery, which I enjoyed. So fuck everyone who didn't. And, and um, they, they kind of like jumped on it to like emphasize it in this episode, this recent one. Yeah, and they did a lot of it. I feel like they did a lot of, it's kind of rough to say a lot of nothing because you you're, it's like a backtracking thing where you learn so much, but you're not learning anything at the same time because they're not yeah, it, building it, on what you know. They're kind of like introducing something else and they have to like 
take the couple episodes to like make it make sense if you get what i'm saying yeah i did i don't know i like i like the mystery when this show does lean into it so them not doing like spilling their beans in one episode just doing like a big ass info dump i like that they're teasing like pulling the line back a little bit every time um the action, I thought, compared to, like... It's I mean, really, I think the action was decent. It it's was really tough special. to compare with the beginning of this season. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think there was more emphasis on the beginning. I think, like, they're saving the action for, like, yeah, other moments. This is definitely, work. like, the more calm. Um, I think it's just more mystery shit. I love the talking infernals. I'm interested to see why. Uh, the demon who's been alive through since for the since the great cataclysm two hundred fifty years ago. That's that's a really interesting plot. You know point. what scene I was like really thought was cool was when it was in the last episode where you see that one area of that desolate magma land with all those infernals who are all from yes, the same period. Uh, I was like, bro. We know what's his name and Shinra, Dogun and Shinra are like yeah, Ogun and Shinra were watching and they're like why don't we just kill them all they're like oh yeah they're like oh those lights are so beautiful out there and then they like they're like they're all infernals yeah and then that crow and i liked it was like why the fuck are these animals talking then they told you the following episode but then it was like but what the fuck is she's got eyes she's got eyes like the joker guy no but she's got eyes like the joker guy oh she does the smoke well it's the one eye that's like his and then the other one is like it's like the Kinda one like, uh, the from the first. Mm-hmm. So then, and then they in the intro song are like fighting or he like breaks up a fight between Benny Maru and the Joker guy. Yeah. And so then I'm think like, she's got to have some impact on them. You know, maybe, one of the maybe things they're I pillar- noticed. They might be pillars or they might just be really strong. I don't strong. think they're pillars, but. She might be the reason for their strength. Like, I think, okay, I the way I think, because she said she's from a different spatial rift, I think she might be the core reason why the evangelists exist, for one thing. But I don't know if her intentions line up perfectly with the evangelists. But the whole thing is that that one demon infernal that was talking, because they all were talking, but he had like a greater competency to like his language. He was wearing an evangelist uh, outfit, right? Yeah, I noticed that too. And so I was like, because I talked with like Rory about this, about my whole theory about how this series works out. And he pretty much said that you've caught out on most of the key points. I don't want to say too much, but there is a lot more with how the evangelists play out and a lot of like bigger world situations. Cause like um, soul eater focused a lot on the moon. And for this contrast, cause it's the same author, you know, fire force focuses a lot on the sun. So I don't know if there's like this greater theme to his writing that kind of like blends both of the stories. But there seems to be that, like, bigger world, third-party perspective that, you know, integrates the creation and how the world works and, like, the conflict within the world. Dude, that's heady. I mean, I noticed he was wearing the the evangelist's, like, robe. And they all kind of just got the swag of the the evangelists. But I don't know. I kind of want to see a little bit of how the world got there, you know, like 
I'm thinking they're going to use... That's what I, I'm excited for this little mini arc, or if this is going to be a longer thing. I think it's probably going to be. It's probably going to be a few arc. more. Ch- I think it's going to go to like episode twelve or something around there. Yeah, but I think it's dope. Uh, it's just a good mechanism for them to. Like, it's to build up the mystery, right? It's to make the world seem well, bigger. It's they to can introduce go a lot of in the world and like it's hit to introduce a lot, a lot of, of key points. points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they can do it kind of shamelessly because they're in a new place. See, so like my whole thing they teach us is fair game. So one of the like, here's biggest, a demon teaching you about your history. It's like, oh, true. Okay, that makes sense. We're one in, of the biggest China. crutches to the like fighting aspect is that they need a priest and it kind of makes Tomaki like absolutely useless. And like they can all die, but someone needs to like say the incantation, right? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's so rough because I'm like, I understand like the aspect of why they do it, but at the same time, I'm like, is that really a priority? I, it, it's a weird thing where it makes sense for the story itself, but like from the outside perspective, it's like there's a lot more going to like the way they act and how the fire force was designed and created and its purpose. And like, there's that thing with the fire force itself is protecting the one um, Amaterasu counterpart in Tokyo. And this one's left on its own. And you're wondering, you know, is there more than one purpose for these? Or has the purpose been sullied by certain people? Yeah, that's what, like, one dude's saying it's for destruction. On the other uh, country, they're saying it's for whatever. It's for, like, life and creation. Yeah, so, like, I don't know. It's a cool contrast and it might just be a double-edged sword where it does both, depending on who's using it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's... I like the mystery. I think the show's slowing down, but I... I it's slowing this. down for a reason. I, I don't even need the action right now. Yeah. There's just bits and pieces of mystery I feel like aren't never going to be touched on, like why the animals just started talking and how that works, or like the evolution. Well, they didn't. They t- the one girl taught him how. Oh man, he's frozen. He's gone frozy. Looks like his Wi-Fi is going down. All right, you can continue talking until he comes back. Did you watch God of High School? Yes, I actually did. I watched a, a the two episodes that I had to catch up on. I'd say I skipped a few parts in because it wasn't that interesting to me. Like like I said earlier, I'm getting less interested as the episodes keep going on, and soon enough, it's just going to be a, a point of just dropping the whole thing altogether. Oh, looks like he's back. I'm alive again. Look at that. We were talking about God of High School just to wrap things up. Dude, that sucks you're dropping it. I think it's fucking... I thought episode five was one of the... Okay. Wait, no, no, no. Hold on. Which was the episode... Six was the one with... um, Knox Knox was fighting the two lieutenants in Homeboy's apartment. Seven was the one where they were just fighting. Like, that was the most recent one. I think six was... That was one of the cooler things... I've seen in recent time. Okay. The way, the way that fight was handled was gangster. The choreography 
is fucking tight. The concept of seeing high level well, between um Q Q versus like those three people in Knox. Knox and then the one fire like the one dude's got the fucking dragon that's like bigger than the building. It's like Oh, um, oh, I, I think it's O, but I might be but wrong. Like, that whole fight of seeing the high-level borrowed power users was super tight. The The whole God of High School fight, it had heart. The one with the... I, I forget what episode. The sword fight between the two girls was cool. I enjoyed it. So, my thing Whatever. is... But that fight, it, they were like... My thing like is... Passing it around. Um, I think a lot of the stuff that I enjoyed happened in episode seven. Episode six, I know what it clearly was and the way it was done. It's one of those episodes where there's so much info that they cut out a good portion for the sake of time. And I'm almost certain that's what happened. Dude, you know uh, how, uh, how Maury learned those pressure point stuff? Yeah, he did two weeks of training and it happened in like the span of an episode. Dude, I, I was so mad when that happened. It's like, that's an important part in a, in a small story. Yeah, it's a small story in the whole uh, grand scheme of things, but it's still important to learn. So, yeah. Because, because the I old figured man, they're just going to flashback. The old man. No, has, I don't think they'll do this. The old man has history with, um, with Maury's, Maury's grandfather. And it's like, mm-hmm. they're just going to bypass that like it was nothing. It's like, it's like at least th- this is the problem that I had whenever when the series first started. It's like I knew that they uh, that Crunchyroll was just gonna bombard everybody with just fights and not actually tell a story. Yes, everybody loved the story, uh, the fighting when the webtoons came out, but they also stuck stuck around for the story too. They just bypassed the story and just continue with the fighting. I'm pretty sure a lot of people will drop the anime soon enough. So with episode six is it's one of those episodes I know clearly how much is possibly being cut out. I think it's more than just the Jin Mori stuff. And like it was also the Miryu and the um what's his name, Bonk Saw, the announcer guy, that whole thing. Or with oh, uh, that was fuck. I thought it was interesting. Blind, I yeah. I knew it was not everything that existed for it. Like the oh, way the yeah. episode was paced. Like it's a two week period, it's a training period, and a story and the way I've seen a few webtoons there's a lot of details that definitely got left out and i feel like this is one of those episodes where you know just what the end goal they want is and they're trying to get to this end of the other tournament right the second tournament for sale right or i think it's all of korea and so it's one of those episodes where you know their goal is to focus on this whole introduction with Knox and with um I know they said the name of these people. I'm just blanking on. I only remember. Knox. I loved the fucking vulgar like priest lady. She's got like, like you motherfuckers can suck my fucking dick. Oh my god, bro, there <laughs> was, was some funny. Like, so episode oh, wow. seven, where you had a lot more of the fighting and the intrigue, and then you she had the crazy. um, I think you had the gym that whole tournament star right the beginning of that tournament began with um yeah jim Mori's team versus that one team i actually like what they did with the one character who was like the hard-working type and that whole backstory like i, I thought did. they did that really well i enjoyed i thought episode seven 
thought episode seven was actually really good. I thought it was the best episode so far. Now, just because I, I don't think it's the best so far. I think like five is like a solid episode to me. Like it, in terms of anime, five hit all the beats, the music, the chemistry, the whole fight between Mori and um, Han. I think it was like so seamless for an anime, especially such a new anime and how it's done. I think seven emphasized a lot of the bigger action aspects but it also like gave you a good introduction into how big the world is how intense it can be but also like how hard working some of these people are to get where they are and you get like a good character intro to also that one guy who you saw have that whole shark power for his borrowed power and all that and he's absolutely ruthless but yeah, i feel like there's fucked up i feel like there are bits and pieces now that you can see they're like taking away from the webtoon more so than before. Now, I don't think episode seven did it as bad. I think six is kind of like just one of those that if you've kept up with a lot of series, you'll see that maybe there is stuff missing. And at this point, I don't think they're ever going to go back to it just because there's so much emphasis on this tournament. I feel like this tournament is probably longer than the first one, but it has the same amount of time to like go over everything that the other one has to do. Uh, yeah. So, I was saying, episode seven, I just thought was tight, because they handled, like, the emotional beat, I don't, it didn't, it wasn't as emotionally resonant as the Day episode, but I thought this one just did a good job of being, like, the emotional aspect of the one team, the mm-hmm. brothers and then the one sword fighting chick. I liked their little backstory. I liked the fight with Mira Yu and that girl was like It was intense, man. I, was, I felt bad for her. I wanna the give like shit. a high five to the animation guy. That was so like seamless and smooth. Mm-hmm. Usually like I don't know, they did a good job of making it seem like a dance, which is how a lot of sword fights are usually described, but that's not often how they're shown. Anime usually will like be like incredible speed, and you're just like, and you're just like, oh, that's awesome. This seemed like a real sword fight, and they captured it really well. They captured a lot of the emotional beats well, which the show continues to like. Like, I didn't think it would have any. It keeps having them and they handle them all really well. I think it's handled them better than to better be than expected. I expected. Yeah, for and then the fight in the fucking I don't know how you handle a fight better than that. Like they the animation is fucking tight. The mm. music's tight. The power system's cool. Like it's really cool. I mean, I, there's the more to they, see. The so. way they use it and this is, it was literally just the introduction of that I, I just like, level of user. It, it was in the um, last episode where they showed those two guys who were going to be in this tournament. I like how they showed their borrowed power things. You're like, oh, everyone has, I think it's a Chariot or whatever it's called. The borrowed power, I think that's what it's called, is Chariot. Oh, and yeah, so I like seeing like that. that for all the characters. Like he had the Thor's hammer and Han just went into his uh, Azure dragon and broke it. I was like, I know where this is going, but man, I feel bad for this dude. Dude, that, uh, the shark guy, that was one of the more fucked up things 
I don't know, like... It was ruthless. He fucking... The one girl comes in and tries to stop it because, like, the kid who's getting eaten is royalty. Mm. And the guy just fucking, like, dispenses of her quickly. The homeboy comes back with his Chirac or whatever. And then... (laughs) He gets whooped. He gets, like, eaten. Like... Like bro, the way they showed it, I was like, bro, that's intense. And the sound effects they used, like, mm-hmm. I was like, uh. All right, if if that's all we have to say on those series, let me just mention a ReZero. It's been good. That's all I'm going to say for that. Um, Ore Gairu and Rent-A-Girlfriend. Okay, I have this problem with uh, romance animes where, like, Ore Gairu, I just picked the losing battle, and I'm so emotionally invested, but I know I'm going to lose, and I'm like, this is so depressing to watch. Why do I put myself through this? Now, Rent's a Girlfriend, and I'm going to go probably like a minute or two over our time, but hopefully that's not too bad. But so they introduced this new chick, right? And it's like conflicting relationship because Kazuya is like into Chizuru now. Like he's kind of dead set on this. He doesn't know how he's going to make it happen, but that's kind of his mindset. So you're invested into like, okay, maybe he can become worthwhile. So his friend, this other nerdy, nerdy guy whose name is like Shun, he, he's like, okay, let's go on a double date. And he has, like, this attractive girl, and she just happens to be another into girlfriend but that's not revealed until later. So he's, Kazuya's, like, he has a girlfriend, and he did it on his own. And, like, he's a bigger, like, virgin weeb than me. And so he's conflicted with this. And so he's, like, showing off at his rock climbing skills, and, like, this, this mega, like, virgin is, like, showing me up, and I don't even have a real relationship, and he has this relationship. Comes to the scene where the girl he's with, um calls him out and he's like she tells Chizuru her name's Ruka she tells Chizuru you're a rental girlfriend aren't you and they don't realize that she's also one so Kazuya and her are like trying to defend their position and that's like all of episode six come to episode seven where this this nasty scene happens like absolutely brutal right Kazuya's trying to defend himself and make sure she doesn't spill the beans to his friend because that like destroys his reputation then Chizuru gets found out and their whole like relationship that's against company policy gets found out. And he's only trying, he's kind of taken advantage of this to help her, but she's kind of like went along with it to help herself too, because of how far they've went into this lie. And straight up, okay, I'm almost done. Straight up, what happens is at first, I feel like this is like super cliche, right? The way they do it is she's with Kazuya, right? And she's like, for some reason, she's like so emotional and like attracted to him for whatever reason because he ends up saving her from falling and all that. And come to realize she goes to the school, she finds him, and, like, his friend is there. And so, like, she's meeting up with Kazuya to tell him something, and he's like, but you're, like, my friend's girlfriend. And then she, in front of the friend, outs herself, like, I'm rent a girlfriend, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. And so Kazuya's there, and then his friend's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so embarrassed and so he like disappears and i'm like this guy's like gonna off himself or something something dramatic nothing like that happens but basically come to the end of the episode i'm like this is kind of stupid because she likes him for no reason but then you have like the ending credits and they do it as a flashback right and you're like okay what's happening in the flashback come to realize she has like this medical condition where her heart rate is like super low like it's unhealthy or something like that where she she thinks she's emotionless like she can't get any feeling and so the reason she gets into this business is so she can meet someone who hopefully like increases that heart rate like gives her some feeling in life 
Is that a real Cause, condition? I think it actually is a real condition. I now for the sake of like the series, I think it's dramatic size. But like um Kazuya happened to get it to like 90 and her average is like 50 or something like absurd. Like it's crazy low. And so her whole life she's thinking she's like emotionally dead, but he's the one. But he likes Chizuru. And so she's like bawling. Like she's like, you're the only person who's made me feel like this. And like, I want to be in a relationship with you. And like, so for him, it makes sense because he wants to show his grandma he's in a real relationship with someone. And this could be the person, but he can't see her as anything like romantic or anything like that, the way she sees him. And so this is like this crazy conflict where I'm like, listen, I already picked the best girl for the series, but like, I can't hate her for no reason. And usually I like try to find reasons to dislike the non-best girls of the series. And I can't do that yet. So I'm like conflicted here where I'm like, bro, give me something, like some bad attribute to her. This is just rough for me. And I'm like struggling yeah, she's, here. She's, no, she's not a mommy. No, she, she's, she's nothing like that, like hell spawn of a character who, who has like one of the worst anime dads. Let's just be clear because her dad gave birth to her and she's like an insane psychopath who like takes advantage of people for the fun of it. It's crazy. Why didn't we talk about her father? I don't know, but... All right, guys, thank you for joining us on this exciting episode where we talked about some of the most lovely, kind, and endearing anime fathers. Also, we recapped the past two weeks of seasonal anime for the summer. Now, one thing I would like to know is Attack on Titan may or may not come out in fall. I've, like, kept up with news, and every time it's like, it will come out. It won't come out. So we will find out Yeah, eventually. they keep waffling. It's like 10. I know. I feel like they need to make up their mind. All right, so we have our boy Justin say peace to the people. Yeah. Troy, say goodbye to the people. <laughs> peace out. Watch Deck Dance. Okay, so he says peace and you just say yes. So no one clearly here respects the host authority that doesn't exist apparently. Watch All right, Deck guys, Dance. Make sure to follow on the links below. This will be posted on YouTube whenever you eventually listen to it. So it will be there already. You see how time works. Time is magnificent. But hopefully you enjoyed this week's episode and uh, peace out. See you next time.